not just an inconvenience, but I'm sorry for the reason we've delayed. I've delayed coming out to speak to you. I initially was going to talk about the economy, but all of you, all of you have been watching what I've been watching. At this hour, our democracy is under an unprecedented assault, unlike anything we've seen in modern times. An assault on the citadel of liberty, the capital itself. An assault on the people's representatives and the Capitol Hill police sworn to protect them and the public servants who work at the heart of our republic. An assault on the rule of law like few times we've ever seen it. An assault on the most sacred of American undertakings the doing of the people's business. Let me be very clear. The scenes of chaos at the Capitol do not reflect a true America, do not represent who we are. What we're seeing are a small number of extremists dedicated to lawlessness. This is not dissent. It's disorder. It's chaos. It borders on sedition. And it must end now. I call on this mob to pull back and allow the work of democracy to go forward. You've heard me say before in different contexts, the words of a president matter, no matter how good or bad that president is. At their best, the words of a president can inspire. At their worst, they can incite. And therefore, I call on President Trump to go on national television now to fulfill his oath and defend the Constitution and demand an end to this siege to storm the Capitol, to smash windows, to occupy offices, the floor of the United States Senate rummaging through desks, on the Capitol, on the House of Representatives, threatening the safety of duly elected officials. It's not protest. It's insurrection. The world's watching. Like so many other Americans, I am genuinely shocked and saddened that our nation, so long the beacon of light and hope for democracy, has come to such a dark moment. Through war and strife, America has endured much. And we will endure here, and we will prevail again, and will prevail now. The work of the moment and the work of the next four years must be the restoration of democracy, of decency, honor, respect, the rule of law, just plain, simple decency, the renewal of the politics. That's about solving problems, looking out for one another, not stoking the flames of hate and chaos. As I said, America is about honor, decency, respect, Tolerance. That's who we are. That's who we've always been. The certification of the Electoral College vote is supposed to be a sacred ritual, which we affirm the purpose is to affirm the majesty of American democracy. But today's reminder, a painful one, that democracy is fragile. And to preserve it requires people of goodwill, leaders of the courage to stand up, who are devoted not to the pursuit of power but or the personal interest pursuits of their own selfish interest at any cost, but of the common good. Think what our children watching television is thinking. 
Think what the rest of the world is looking at. For nearly two and a half centuries, we, the people, in search of a more perfect union, have kept our eyes on that common good. America is so much better than what we've seen today. Watching the scenes from the Capitol, I was reminded as I prepared other speeches in the past, I was reminded of the words of Abraham Lincoln in his annual message to Congress, whose work has today been interrupted by chaos. Here's what Lincoln said. He said, we shall nobly save or merely lose the last best hope on earth. Went on to say, the way is plain, peaceful, generous, just. A way which, if followed, the world will forever applaud and God must forever bless. The way is plain here, too. That's who we are. It's the way of democracy, of respect, of decency, of honor, and commitment as patriots to this nation. Notwithstanding what I saw today and we're seeing today, I remain optimistic about the incredible opportunities. There has never been anything we can't do when we do it together. And this God-awful display today is bringing home to every Republican and Democrat and Independent in the nation that we must step up. This is the United States of America. There's never, ever, 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 ever been a thing we've tried to do that we've done it together. We've not been able to do it. So, President Trump, step up. May God bless America. May God protect our troops and all those folks at the Capitol who are trying to preserve order. Thank you, and I'm sorry to have kept you waiting. Are you concerned about your inauguration, sir? Are you spoken to McConnell today? Are you concerned about your inauguration, sir? Are you concerned about violence? I am not concerned about my safety, security, or the inauguration. I am not concerned. The American people are going to stand up and stand up now. Enough is enough is enough. The Senate will come to order. The Vice President, as President of the Senate, would like to give a brief statement with the indulgence of the Senators. Today was a dark day in the history of the United States Capitol. But thanks to the swift efforts of U.S. Capitol Police, federal, state, and local law enforcement, the violence was quelled. The Capitol is secured and the people's work continues. We condemn the violence that took place here in the strongest possible terms. We grieve the loss of life in these hallowed halls, as well as the injuries suffered by those who defended our capital today. And we will always be grateful to the men and women who stayed at their posts to defend this historic place. To those who wreaked havoc in our capital today, you did not win. Violence never wins. Freedom wins. And this is still the people's house. And as we reconvene in this chamber, the world will again witness the resilience and strength of our democracy. For even in the wake of unprecedented violence and vandalism at this Capitol, the elected representatives of the people of the United States have assembled again on the very same day to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. 
So may God bless the lost, the injured, and the heroes forged on this day. May God bless all who serve here and those who protect this place. And may God bless the United States of America. Let's get back to work. Mr. President, when I arrived in Washington this morning, I fully intended to object to the certification of the electoral votes. However, the events that have transpired today have forced me to reconsider, and I cannot now in good conscience object to the certification of these electors. The violence, the lawlessness, and siege of the halls of Congress are abhorrent and stand as a direct attack on the very institution my objected my objection was intended to protect the sanctity of the American democratic process. And I thank law enforcement for keeping us safe. I believe that there were last minute changes to the November 2020 election process and serious irregularities that resulted in too many Americans losing confidence, not only in the integrity of our elections, but in the power of the ballot as a tool of democracy. Too many Americans are frustrated at what they see as an unfair system Nevertheless, there is no excuse for the events that took place in these chambers today, and I pray that America never suffers such a dark day again. Though the fate of this vote is clear, the future of the American people's faith in the core institution of this democracy remains uncertain. We as a body must turn our focus to protecting the integrity of our elections and restoring every American's faith that their, vo their voice and their vote matters. America is a divided country with serious differences, but it is still the greatest country on earth. There can be no disagreement that upholding democracy is the only path to preserving our republic. I yield the floor. Democratic leader. Mr. President. Mr. President, it is very, very difficult to put into words what has transpired today. I have never lived through or even imagined an experience like the one we have just witnessed in this Capitol. President Franklin Roosevelt set aside December 7, 1941 as a day that will live in infamy. Unfortunately, we can now add January 6, 2021 to that very short list of dates in American history that will live forever in infamy. This temple to democracy was desecrated. Its windows smashed, our offices vandalized. The world saw Americans elected officials hurriedly ushered out because they were in harm's way. The House and Senate floors were places of shelter until the evacuation is, was ordered, leaving rioters to stalk these hallowed halls. Lawmakers and our staffs, average citizens who love their country, serve it every day, feared for their lives. I understand that one woman was shot and tragically lost her life. We mourn her and feel for her friends and family. These images, were projected to the world. Foreign embassies cabled home their, their home capitals to report the harrowing scenes at the very heart of our democracy. This will be a stain on our country not so easily washed away. The final, terrible, indel indelible legacy of the 45th President of the United States, undoubtedly our worst. I want to be very clear. Those who perform these reprehensible acts cannot be called protesters. No, these were rioters and insurrectionists, goons and thugs, domestic terrorists. They do not represent America. They were a few thousand violent extremists who tried to take over the Capitol building and attack our democracy. They must and should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. 
hopefully by this administration, if not, certainly by the next. They should be, they should be provided no leniency. I want to thank the many of the Capitol Hill Police and Secret Service and local police who kept us safe today and worked to clear the Capitol and return it to its rightful owners and its rightful purpose. I want to thank the leaders, Democrat and Republican, House and Senate. It was Speaker Pelosi, Leader McConnell, Leader McCarthy, and myself who came together and decided that these thugs would not succeed that we would finish the work of our that our Constitution requires us to complete in the very legislative chambers of the House and Senate that were desecrated, but we know always belong to the people and do again tonight. But make no mistake, make no mistake, my friends, today's events did not happen spontaneously. The president who promoted conspiracy theories that motivated these thugs, the president who exhorted them to come to our nation's capital, egged them on. He hardly ever discourages violence and more often encourages it. This president bears a great deal of the blame. This mob was in good part President Trump's doing incited by his words, his lies. This violence, in good part, his responsibility, his everlasting shame. Today's events certainly, certainly would not have happened without him. Now, January 6th will go down as one of the darkest days in recent American history. A final warning to our nation about the consequences of a demagogic president, the people who enable him, the captive media that parrots his lies, and the people who follow him as he attempts to push America to the brink of ruin. As we reconvene tonight, let us remember, in the end, all this mob has really accomplished is to delay our work by a few hours. We will resume our responsibilities now, and we will finish our task tonight. The House and Senate chambers will be restored good as new and ready for legislating in short order. The counting of the electoral votes is our sacred duty. Democracy's roots in this nation are deep, they're strong, and they will not be undone ever by a group of thugs. Democracy will triumph as it has for centuries. So to my fellow Americans who were shocked and appalled by the images on their televisions today and who are worried about the future of this country, let me speak to you directly. The divisions in our country clearly run deep, but we are a resilient, forward-looking, and optimistic people and we will begin the hard work of repairing this nation tonight because here in America, we do hard things. In America, we always overcome our challenges. Yield the floor. Mr. President. The Majority Leader. I want to say to the American people, the United States Senate will not be intimidated. We will not be kept out of this chamber by thugs, mobs, or threats. We will not bow to lawlessness or intimidation. We are back at our posts. We will discharge our duty under the Constitution and for our nation. And we're going to do it tonight. This afternoon, Congress began the process of honoring the will of the American people and counting the Electoral College votes. We've fulfilled this solemn duty every four years for more than two centuries. Whether our nation's been at war or at peace, under all manner of threats, even during an ongoing, ongoing armed rebellion and the Civil War, 
the clockwork of our democracy has carried on. The United States and the United States Congress have faced down much greater threats than the unhinged crowd we saw today. We've never been deterred before and will be not deterred today. They tried to disrupt our democracy. They failed. They failed. They failed to attempt to obstruct the Congress. This failed insurrection only underscores how crucial the task before us is for our republic. Our nation was founded precisely so that the free choice of the American people is what shapes our self-government and determines the destiny of our nation. Not fear, not force, but the peaceful expression of the popular will. Now we assemble this afternoon to count our citizens' votes and to formalize their choice of the next president. Now we're gonna finish exactly what we started. We'll complete the process the right way by the book. We'll follow our precedents, our laws, and our constitution to the letter. And we will certify the winner of the 2020 presidential election. Criminal behavior will never dominate the United States Congress. This institution is resilient. Our democratic republic is strong. The American people deserve nothing less. Mr. President, today was heartbreaking. And, uh, and I was shaken to the core as I thought about the people I met in China and Russia and Afghanistan and Iraq and other places who yearn for freedom and who look to this building and these shores as a place of hope. And I saw the images being broadcast around the world and it breaks my heart. I have 25 grandchildren. Many of them were watching TV, thinking about this building, whether their grandpa was okay. I knew I was okay. I must tell you as well, I was proud to serve with these men and women. This is an extraordinary group of people. I'm proud to be a member of the United States Senate and meet with people of integrity as we do here today. Now we gather due to a selfish man's injured pride and the outrage of supporters who he has deliberately misinformed for the past two months and stirred to action this very morning. What happened here today was an insurrection incited by the President of the United States. Those who choose to continue to support is a dangerous gambit by objecting to the results of a legitimate democratic election will forever be seen as being complicit in an unprecedented attack against our democracy. Fairly or not, they'll be remembered for their role in this shameful episode in American history. That will be their legacy. I salute Senator Langford and Leffler and Braun and Danes, and I'm sure others, who in the light of today's outrage have withdrawn their objection. For any who remain insistent on an audit in order to satisfy the many people who believe that the election was stolen, I'd offer this perspective. No congressional audit is ever going to convince these voters particularly when the president will continue to say that the election was stolen. The best way we can show respect for the voters who were upset is by telling them the truth. That's the burden. That's the duty of leadership. The truth is that President-elect Biden won the election. President Trump lost. 
I've had that experience myself. It's no fun. <laughs> Scores of courts, the president's own attorney general, state election officials, both Republican and Democrat, have reached that unequivocal decision. And in light of today's sad circumstances, I ask my colleague, do we weigh our own political fortunes more heavily than we weigh the strength of our republic, the strength of our democracy, and the cause of freedom? What's the weight of personal acclaim compared to the weight of conscience? Leader McConnell said that the vote today is the most important in his 36 years of public service. Think of that. Authorizing two wars, voting on two impeachments. He said that not because the vote reveals something about the election, it's because this vote reveals something about us. I urge my colleagues to move forward with completing the electoral count, to refrain from further objections, and to unanimously affirm the legitimacy of the presidential election. Thank you, Mr. President. Many times uh, my state has been the problem. I love it. It's where I want to die, but no time soon. Tim and I uh, have a, a good relationship. I, I love Tim Scott. 1876, South Carolina, Louisiana, and Florida sent two slate of electors. They had two governments, by the way. And we didn't know what to do. Why did South Carolina, Florida, and Louisiana do it? To hold the country hostage to end Reconstruction. It worked. The commission was eight to seven. It didn't work. Nobody accepted it. The way it ended is when Hayes did a deal with these three states. You give me the electors, I'll kick the Union Army out. The rest is history. It led to Jim Crow. If you're looking for historical guidance, this is not the one to pick. <laughs> if you're looking for a way to convince people there was no fraud, having a commission chosen by Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, and John Roberts is not going to get you to where you want to go. <laughs> it ain't going to work. So it's not going to do any good. It's going to delay, and it gives credibility to a dark chapter of our history. That's why I'm not with you. But I will fight to my death for you. You're able to object. You're not doing anything wrong. Other people have objected. I just think it's a uniquely bad idea to delay this election. Uh, Trump and I, have, we've had a hell of a journey. I hate it then this way. Oh, my God, I hate it. From my point of view, he's been a consequential president. But today, first thing you'll see. All I can say is uh, count me out. Enough is enough. I've tried to be helpful. But when the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled four to three that they didn't violate the, Supreme, uh, the Constitution of Wisconsin, I agree with the three, but I accept the four. If Al Gore can accept five, four, he's not president. I can accept Wisconsin four to three. Pennsylvania. It went to the Second Circuit. So much for all the judges being in Trump's pocket. They said, no, you're wrong. I accept the Pennsylvania Second Circuit that Trump's lawsuit wasn't, wasn't right. Georgia, they said the Secretary of State took the law in his own hands. He changed the election laws unlawfully. A federal judge said, no, I accept the federal judge even though I don't agree with it. Fraud. They said there's 66,000 people in Georgia under 18 voted. How many people believe that? I asked, give me 10. And had one. They said 8,000 felons in prison in Arizona voted. Give me 10. I hadn't gotten one. Does that say there's, there's problems in every election? I don't buy this. Enough's enough. We got to end it. Vice President Pence, what they're asking you to do, you won't do because you can't. Talk about interesting times. I associate myself with Rand Paul. How many times will you hear that? <laughs> the mob has done something nobody else could do to get me and Rand to agree. Rand is right. If you're a conservative, this is the most offensive concept in the world that a single person 
could disenfranchise 155 million people. The President of the Senate shall, in the presence of the Senate and the House of Representatives, open all certificates and the vote shall then be counted. The person having the greatest number of votes for President shall be President. Where in there does it say, Mike can say, I don't like the results. I want to send them back to the states. I believe there was fraud. To the conservatives who believe in the Constitution, now is your chance to stand up and be counted. Originalism, count me in. It means what it says. So, Mike, Mr. Vice President, just hang in there. They, they said we can count on Mike. All of us can count on the Vice President. You're going to do the right thing. You're going to do the constitutional thing. You got a son who flies F-35s. You got a son-in-law who flies F-18s. They're out there flying so that we can get it right here. There are people dying to my good friend from Illinois to make sure we have a chance to argue among ourselves. And when it's over, it is over. It is over. The final thing, Joe Biden. I've traveled the world with Joe. I hoped he lost. I prayed he would lose. He won. He's the legitimate president of the United States. I cannot convince people, certain groups, by my words, but I will tell you by my actions, that maybe I, among any, above all others in this body, need to say this. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are lawfully elected and will become the president and the vice president of the United States on January the 20th. Yesterday, in my view, one of the darkest days in the history of our nation. An unprecedented assault on our democracy. An assault, literally, on the citadel of liberty in the United States Capitol itself. An assault on the rule of law. An assault on the most sacred of American undertakings, ratifying the will of the people in choosing the leadership of their government. All of us here grieve the loss of life, grieve the desecration of the people's house. But we, what we witnessed yesterday was not dissent, it was not disorder, it was not protest, it was chaos. They weren't protesters. Don't dare call them protesters. They were a riotous mob, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists. It's that basic. It's that simple. And I wish we could say we couldn't see it coming. But that isn't true. We could see it coming. The past four years, we've had a president who's made his contempt for our democracy, our Constitution, the rule of law, clear in everything he has done. He unleashed an all-out assault on our institutions of our democracy from the outset. And yesterday was but the culmination of that unrelenting attack. He's attacked the free press, who dared to question his power, repeatedly calling the free press the enemy of the people. Language, at the time he first used it, I and others said, has long been used by autocrats and dictators all over the world to hold on to power, the enemy of the people. Language that is being used now by autocrats and dictators across the world, only this time with the imperator of an outgoing president of the United States of America. He's attacked our intelligence services who dared tell the American people the truth about the effort of a foreign power to elect him four years ago, choosing instead to believe the word of Vladimir Putin over the word of those who've sworn their allegiance <coughs> to this nation, many of whom had risked their lives in the service of this nation. He deployed the United States military tear-gassing peaceful protesters in pursuit of a photo opportunity in the service of his re-election, even holding the Bible upside down. The action 
that led to an apology from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and an outspoken denunciation of the use of military for domestic political purposes from scores, scores of former military leaders and secretaries of defense, led by Secretary Cheney. He thought he could stack the courts with friendly judges who would support him no matter what. They were Trump judges, his judges. He went so far as to say he needed nine justices on the Supreme Court because, because he thought the election would end up in the Supreme Court and they would hand him the election. He was stunned, truly stunned, when the judges he appointed didn't do his bidding, instead acted with integrity, following the Constitution, upholding the rule of law, not just once or twice or three times, but over 60 times. Let me say over 60 times. In more than 60 cases, in state after state after state, and then at the Supreme Court's judges, including people considered, quote, his judges, Trump judges, use his words, looked at the allegations that Trump was making and determined they were without any merit. Nothing was judged to put this election in question or doubt by any of these judges. You want to understand the importance of democratic institutions in this country? Take a look at the judiciary in this nation. Take a look at the pressure it was just subjected to by a sitting President of the United States of America. At every level, the judiciary rose to the moment during this election, did its job, acted with complete fairness and impartiality, with complete honor and integrity. When history looks back in this moment that just, we've just passed through, I believe it will say our democracy survived in no small part because of the men and women who represent an independent judiciary in this nation. We owe them a deep, deep debt of gratitude. And then there's the attack on the Department of Justice. Treating the Attorney General as his personal lawyer and the Department as his personal law firm. Through it all, we would hear the same thing from the, this President. My generals, my judges, my Attorney General, and then yesterday, a culmination of an attack on our institutions of democracy. This time, the Congress itself inciting a mob to attack the Capitol, to threaten elected representatives of the people of this nation and even the Vice President to stop the Congress from ratifying the will of the American people in a just-completed free and fair election trying to use a mob to silence the voices of nearly 160 million Americans who summoned the courage in the face of a pandemic that threatened their health and their lives to cast that sacred ballot. I made it clear from the moment I entered this race that what I believe was at stake, I said there was nothing less at stake than who we are as a nation, what we stand for, what we believe, what we will be. At the center of that belief is one of the oldest principles this nation has long held. We are a government of laws, not of men, not of the people, of laws. I said it many times in the campaign. Our, demo our democratic institutions are not relics of another age. They're what sets this nation apart. They're the guardrails of our democracy. And there is no president. There's, that's why there is no president who is a king. No Congress that's a House of Lords. A judiciary doesn't serve the will of the president or exist to protect him or her. We have three co-equal branches of government, co-equal. Our president is not above the law. Justice serves the people. It doesn't protect the powerful. 
Justice is blind. What we saw yesterday in plain view was another violation of the fundamental tenet of this nation. Not only did we see the failure to protect one of the three branches of our government, we also saw a clear failure to carry out equal justice. I'm sure if you used to say in the Senate, excuse a point of personal privilege. A little over an hour and a half after the chaos started, I got a text from my granddaughter, Finnegan Biden, who's a senior in her last semester at the University of Pennsylvania. She sent me a photo of military people in full military gear, scores of them lining the steps of the Lincoln Memorial because of protests by Black Lives Matter. She said, Pop, this isn't fair. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. We all, we all know that's true. And it is unacceptable, totally unacceptable. The American people saw it in plain view. And I hope it sensitized them to what we have to do. Not many people know it. When Justice Garland and I were talking, we talked about, I think he raised it, the reason for the Justice Department was formed in the first place was back in 1870. We didn't have a Justice Department before that cabinet. It was formed in 1870 to enforce the Civil Rights Amendment that grew out of the Civil War, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments to stand up to the Klan, to stand up to racism, to take on domestic terrorism. This original spirit must again guide and animate its work. So as we stand here today, we do so in the wake of yesterday's events, events that could not more have vividly demonstrated some of the most important work we have to do in this nation committing ourselves to the rule of law in this nation, invigorating our domestic and democratic institutions, carrying out equal justice under the law in America. There is no more important place for us to do this work than the Department of Justice that has been so politicized. There's no more important people to carry out this work and the people I'm announcing today. More than anything, we need to restore the honor, the integrity, the independence of the Department of Justice in this nation that's been so badly damaged. And so many former leaders of that department in both parties have so testified and stated that. I want to be clear to those who lead this department who you will serve. You won't work for me. You are not the president or the vice president's lawyer. Your loyalty is not to me. It's to the law, the Constitution, the people of this nation to guarantee justice. For Attorney General of the United States, I nominate a man of impeccable integrity, Judge Merrick Garland, one of the most respected jurists of our time, brilliant yet humble, distinguished yet modest, full of character and decency. The Supreme Court clerk served in the Justice Department during the Carter, Bush 41, and Clinton administrations where he embraced the department's core values of independence and integrity. A federal prosecutor who took on terrorism and corruption and violent crime, always with the utmost professionalism and the duty to the oath he swore. Nominated by President Clinton to be a judge on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, considered the second most powerful court in America. 
throughout such a long and distinguished career, Judge Garland has earned the praise and admiration of members of bench and bar and politicians of both parties. And despite his busy schedule and prestigious positions, he still makes time to volunteer regularly, tutoring students in Northeast D.C., as he's done for 20 years. It's about character. It's about character. It was no surprise why President Obama nominated him, Judge Garland, to the Supreme Court. As I said, he embodies honor, decency, integrity, fidelity to the rule of law, and judicial independence. To those same traits, he will now bring, as Attorney General of the United States, not as a personal attorney to the President, but as the people's lawyer. He'll restore trust in the rule of law and equal justice under the law. And I fully expect discussions I've had, that he will receive a fair hearing and swift confirmation. And once he's confirmed, I will move promptly to nominate his replacement on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. And I don't know if the word good is a way to describe it, but because yesterday, the President of the United States incited an armed insurrection against America. The gleeful desecration of the U.S. Capitol, which is the temple of our, Amer of our American democracy, and the violence targeting Congress are horrors that will forever stain our nation's history, instigated by the President of the United States. That's why it's such a stain. In calling for this seditious act, the President has committed an unspeakable assault on our nation and our people. I join the Senate Democratic leader in calling on the Vice President to remove this President by immediately invoking the 25th Amendment. If the Vice President and the Cabinet do not act, the Congress may be prepared to move forward with impeachment. That is the overwhelming sentiment of my caucus. And the American What happened at the U.S. Capitol yesterday was an insurrection against the United States incited by President Trump. The President promoted conspiracy theories that motivated these thugs. He exhorted them to come to our nation's capital. He told them to march down Pennsylvania Avenue. And, uh, and he said, you will never take back our country with weakness. President Trump's lies fed the crowd. He directed their anger at Capitol Hill and his demagoguery whipped them into a frenzy. Let me be clear. These were rioters, insurrectionists, goons, thugs, domestic terrorists. They, of course, bear responsibility for the mayhem yesterday. They should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And if this administration won't, I'm confident the next administration will. No leniency. No leniency for these people. They have the cameras all over. They have their pictures. No matter what part of the country they came from, we ought to go after them right now. Whoops. But make no mistake about it. The reprehensible acts yesterday were incited by the President of the United States. Yesterday's events would not have happened without him. If there were no President Trump, this would not have happened plain and simple. The fish stinks from the head, plain and simple. And so I believe the President is dangerous and should not hold office one day longer. He may have only 13 days left as president, but yesterday demonstrated that each and every one of those days is a threat to democracy so long as he is in power. The quickest and most effective way to remove this president from office would be for the vice president to immediately invoke the 25th Amendment 
The Vice President can invoke the 25th Amendment today, and if the Cabinet votes, he's gone. They should do it now. If the Vice President and the Cabinet refuse to stand up, Congress should reconvene to impeach the President. Plain and simple. We don't need we don't need a lengthy debate. The President's abuse of power, his incitement of a mob against a duly elected representative body of the United States is a manifestly impeachable offense. If there ever was an impeachable offense, what the President did was it. And if you don't think he won't spend his days out of office promoting conspiracies, stoking grievances and doing more of the same? You're kidding yourselves. If you think he won't promote the idea of him running again four years from now to motivate his supporters, you're kidding yourselves. And in impeachment, there's a charge that allows the Congress to say he can never run for office again. That should be invoked as well. So if the vice president will not and the so so if the vice president and the cabinet won't invoke the 25th Congress, Congress should come back in session immediately and impeach the president. Get him out of office. Now. I am here to deliver this message on behalf of the entire White House. Let me be clear. The violence we saw yesterday at our nation's capital was appalling, reprehensible, and antithetical to the American way. We condemn it, the President and this administration, in the strongest possible terms. It is unacceptable, and those that broke the law should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I stood here at this podium the day after a historic church burned amid violent riots, and I said this, the First Amendment guarantees the right of the people to peaceably assemble. What we saw last night in Washington and across the country was not that, end quote. Make no mistake, what we saw yesterday afternoon in the halls of our Capitol, likewise, was not that. We grieve for the loss of life and those injured, and we hold them in our prayers and close to our hearts at this time. We thank our valiant law enforcement officers who are true American heroes. What we saw yesterday was a group of violent rioters undermining the legitimate First Amendment rights of the many thousands who came to peacefully have their voices heard in our nation's capital. Those who violently besieged our capital are the opposite of everything this administration stands for. The core value of our administration is the idea that all citizens have the right to live in safety, peace, and freedom. Those who are working in this building are working to ensure an orderly transition of power. Now it is time for America to unite, to come together, to reject the violence that we have seen. We are one American people under God. Thank you very much.